0: You're listening, listening to, to Bible Bible Plus, Bible Plus. from Seesaw. Seesaw. Bible Plus is a podcast featuring short, daily discussions of every chapter in the New Testament. Bible Plus is designed to increase Bible reading, understanding, and enjoyment. Get more out of the Bible. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our Bible Plus podcast as we cover Luke 7 today. The Gospel of Luke... As the third book in the New Testament written depicting the person and life of Christ shows us a wonderful and marvelous person. This person is pure, lovely, tender, is the embodiment of the forgiving God, God Himself. This man Savior has the highest morality, in the sense that in all His living and activity through human virtues of compassion and meekness, God was expressed. In Jesus Christ, a man lived out human virtues which expressed the divine attributes. We will cover this thought further on as we explore this chapter. In the first half of the chapter, we see three different cases, which may seem isolated at first, but are very connected. First, we have the healing of the centurion slave. Second, we have the raising up of the widow's dead son. And third, we have the strengthening of John the Baptist for his martyrdom. In Luke 7, 2-10, through 10, the centurion comes to the Lord and says, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not fit for you to enter under my roof. Therefore, I did not account even myself worthy to come to you. But speak a word, and let my servant be healed. For I am also a man set under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, Go, and he goes. And to another, Come, and he comes. And to my slave, Do this, and he does it. Eventually, in verse 9, the Lord marvels, Not even in Israel have I found such great faith. Whenever I first heard about this encounter, I wondered, Did the centurion get it wrong? Wasn't he a man of authority and not under authority? And how can you say to the Lord Jesus that he too was a man under authority? Well, this description exactly matches the Lord. And the centurion, who was very familiar with scripture and Jewish prophecy, acknowledged Jesus, called him Lord. The Lord Jesus was a man under authority because as God sent one and as the Son of God, he lived a life fully under the authority of the Father. It's because he was under God's authority that he could speak and minister and heal with such authority and even heal this man. This man had such faith that he recognized Even the Lord's words carried authority. Following this account, in Luke 7, we find in verses 12-17, through the Lord meeting a widow in the city of Nain, who was following her son's funeral procession. This is a very sad situation. The Lord comes into the scene and He was moved with compassion for her. He came near and touched the casket and said, "'Young man, to you I say, Arise.'" This is the only account in the Gospels where the Lord didn't just respond to a request but was moved in His humanity, in His mercy, in His love, in His sympathy to bring resurrection power into a situation. And it made me realize that our God is not just a stone-faced, apathetic God but our Christ is a man who is full of compassion. Again, in both of these cases, we see God's divinity being expressed through healing and resurrection, but also in both these cases, he was a man full of compassion and tenderness. This is our God-man Savior. Shortly after this, John the Baptist's disciples come to the Lord. John the Baptist was imprisoned unrighteously by King Herod, and if you remember in the beginning of Luke, John was the one who prepared the way for the Lord's ministry and identified him as the Lamb of God. As the Messiah. And he heard about all the wonderful things Jesus Christ did. But now he was in prison, and he sent his disciples questioning, even provoking the Lord to do something. Lord, you've done all these things out of your love and compassion, but what about me? Aren't you here to set the captives free and to bring healing and rest? Lord, what about me? The Lord responded in verse 22 Go and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel announced to them, and blessed is he who is not stumbled because of me. The Lord quoted Isaiah, and he told John, Yes, John, I am the coming one, but John, blessed are you if you are not stumbled, if I do not save you. Many times we are like John the Baptist— and uh, we may be in periods of suffering and we question the Lord's heart and we are unsure of His will. And the Lord will come to us and strengthen us in our affliction, unveiling His heart and showing us that He is operating even in the negative situations to be grace to us and to work Himself into us. John realized that it was God's will that he would be martyred and was strengthened by the Lord's words. Then, lastly, After these three cases, we have a detailed record of a woman who broke the alabaster flask and anointed the Lord. This scene begins as a meal in the open home of a prominent religious leader, a Pharisee. The guests include Jesus, other prominent religious leaders, the Lord's disciples, and then the uninvited guest, a woman with a dark past who met the Lord Jesus. She brought an alabaster flask of ointment to anoint the Lord. Verse thirty eight says, She stood behind him at his feet weeping, and began to wet his feet with her tears, and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet affectionately, and anointed them with the ointment. But the Pharisee who had invited them saw this. He said within himself, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what sort of woman was touching him because she is a sinner. And this is true, he did know this. Jesus responds and says, Do you see this woman? I entered into your house, Simon. You did not give me water for my feet, but she with her tears has wet my feet with her hair and wiped them. You did not give me a kiss, but she from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet affectionately. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. For this reason I say to you, her sins which are many are forgiven because she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, he loves little. He turned to the woman and says, Your sins are forgiven. Those who were reclining were taken aback. Who is this who even forgives sins? But he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Wow, what a person this Christ is. This record is such a wonderful scene. A vignette of the gospel of the grace of God. We have to realize that the Lord was such a man full of love and compassion. Only this woman can really understand how much the Lord has done for her. And she was a sinner. But the Lord met her. The Lord said, your faith has saved you. This faith is a gift from God. It's the Lord's mercy and grace that we believe into him. And what comes out of faith is forgiveness. The woman was forgiven. The price of sin was paid for by Christ. The issue of faith and forgiveness is love. This is a wonderful sequence. The Lord was telling Simon, Simon, I have come here not because of your status, but to impart faith into you, to shine into your being and forgive you. You are also forgiven, but you love little because you don't see clearly your sinful being and how much I've forgiven you. But she has responded in such love towards me because she realizes that she was forgiven much. When we love the Lord, this love issues in peace. And the Lord said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Faith brings in forgiveness, and forgiveness issues in love. And the life of loving the Lord is to live, walk, and have our being in God as peace to be our peace. In the parallel record of the story in Matthew 26, 13, the Lord says, Wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what this woman has done should shall also be told as a memorial of her. The woman's story is truly a worthy account. When we receive the gospel, it's not merely the truth of grace, redemption based on righteousness, justification by faith through grace, and other doctrinal truths which rescued us, but in my experience, it's these truths along with the presentation and the uplifting of the person of Christ. God, who came down to become a man filled with human virtues of compassion, long-suffering, meekness, but living and expressing God. This man came to us, and as God, he forgives our sins and imparts life into us. This life is his very self with his wonderful human virtues and his glorious divine attributes. Likewise, in our preaching of the gospel, we should not first proclaim a system of truth, but declare, announce, and bear witness a wonderful, beautiful person named Jesus Christ. The ointment from the broken alabaster flask filled the room. Many others considered the anointing of the Lord as a waste, but our love for the Lord not only issues in a life of peace, but it draws many others to be attracted to this lovely person, who is worthy of any life treasure which we possess to be poured out onto him. Faith joins us to him. And all we have to do is love him. May the Lord save us from being Simons and make us Marys who are drawn to him, forgiven by him, love him. And may he make us those who walk in the peace of God, which surpasses every man's understanding.